What is up, people, and thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. We got a really good show lined up for you guys today. Of course, we had a really big, big uh, release this morning. Uh, Sony released the, the, the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer. The I think this is their official trailer. I think the first one might have been spoiled as a teaser. I'm not 100% sure. But uh, <laughs> but this but this was, a, a nonetheless, a very big trailer. It's the first trailer I remember. Shamari, you could correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think I've ever seen a trailer with a spoiler warning on it. Yeah, it, I haven't seen one. Yeah, that, it's got to be the first time they've, anyone's ever done that. But, of course, if I'm wrong, feel free to just move, continue on with the show and just understand that I may be wrong on that. I've never seen that before. I haven't seen any anyone else discuss about another time where there's been a spoiler warning on it. Not just for not just for the movie itself, but for another movie for, for people who may have still not seen uh Avengers Infinity oh uh, excuse me Endgame so we'll talk plenty about that trailer it was pretty big in terms of what it kind of was teasing and what it was revealing about how the universe has potentially changed since uh Endgame so I want to talk about that that should be a good discussion we also have Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. that show is premiering later this week they had a trailer that dropped uh in the middle of last week so we'll break that down and, and what we're expecting for this the second to last season of the show. We'll also have uh, news about a, a Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. character who will be getting his own series on Hulu. So that should be a fun conversation. And we'll do a temperature check on what's, what we're hearing about the Batman Project. That's the movie that's being uh, directed and written by Matt Reeves. Details about what the hell is going to happen in the movie have been pretty scarce. So we're start, we started to get a little bit more a couple months ago. And then it's kind of gone radio silence for the last several months. So... We're hearing a little bit more about, the very least, when we may actually see this movie get off the ground. So we'll update you on that. And today's uh, review this week will be Gotham. We know that show ended a couple of weeks ago. We didn't get a chance to talk about it because it, it happened the same week as Endgame, and then we uh, we didn't talk about it last week. But we'll we'll wrap about uh, how Gotham ended its uh, its series. So should be a fun show. A lot to talk about. Joining me are my co-hosts. You've heard uh, Shamari already. Uh, Shamari joins me here as well, and I wanted to talk to you, Sham, about the numbers we've seen with Endgame. It has crossed two billion worldwide. Um, it is now second, the second highest-grossing movie in the history of um, of filmmaking of, of the box office. It now only trails uh, James Cameron's Avatar, which is ironic to me because of all of the slick comments we got from James Cameron about superheroes and how they're not real movies and how he's tired of them and that they don't have they don't they're not gonna last this, the test of time it is funny that it, it may be a superhero movie the the one the superhero movie of all superhero movies that ends up erasing him from the history books that would be very ironic for me uh and very ironic for him obviously but what do you make about uh endgame's uh just juggernaut status at the box office right now and the records is breaking well, I think uh, Kevin Feige and Bob Iger are, uh, they're like Thanos, where they're like, you know, usually I don't enjoy destroying records, but your puny record, Mr. Cameron, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to destroy this record. <laughs> <laughs> he's taking this one personally. Spoiler alert. He's taking this one personally. Um but yeah, I mean, I think it really, really does go to show, uh, you know, the impact that these superhero movies have had on, um, on our generation, and really on 
it's really when it, you make this much money, it's really multi generational. Mm-hmm. You're getting people of all ages, yeah, of you know all backgrounds going to see this movie. People from all all over the world going to see this movie. It's completely smashing box office records. It really is a cultural uh, phenomenon at this point. Um, so I mean, I really think it says a lot about the the quality of the filmmaking and the world building mm-hmm. that people at Marvel Studios have done. And, and how they've been able to build up this universe to this point. I mean, it really, really is, uh, it really is a benchmark. Mm. You know, I feel like this may be, uh, I mean, we've seen other trilogies and other sagas. I mean, Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings come to mind. Yeah. With regards to things like that, where you have these long kind of sagas of movies. But, I mean, this is really, I mean, this is really on another level. I mean, I really think the numbers just speak for themselves. So, um, we're really seeing something special here. And it's funny, uh, Sham, Kendall, uh, Kendall joins me as well. Uh, it's funny, Kendall, how Sham brings up world building because it is, I, it is, it is crazy to me. And I don't want to make this a, a bash James Cameron, bash DC segment because it's not about that. It is about what the accomplishment Marvel has done, which is truly remarkable. But it is crazy to me to see how successful this is and how, when I think about why it's successful in, in, and the fact that they were able to to build something like this up, it only the only way they could do something like Endgame was how Marvel meticulously and patiently built their universe, and it really to me highlights so many of the flaws that DC originally had with how they were moving forward. And you know, when I think about so many of the com, so much of the commentary, so much of the of the of the of the, the social media posts, so many of the you know of the people that were just flat out just trying to just defend DC and Warner Brothers by any means necessary. And perhaps it's because they they did really did enjoy those movies and did like what came out of them. And Shamar is someone who likes Man of Steel, so it's not it's not like, oh, you like DC, you're you you do not know what you're talking about. But it, it it does strike me as kind of insane when those people talked about how we were crazy to point out some of the flaws that they were doing uh, and how they thought that, oh, well, it's, you know, you guys just like cookie cutter Marvel stuff and, and this is not for everybody. It might have been better off if they would have done it for everybody. And just the success that Marvel is enjoying today, Kendall, is something that DC was aspiring to, which is why those people defending some of the bizarre decision making that was happening over there. It just looks more ridiculous today than it, it looked ridiculous back then, but it looks crazy now. Yeah, um, I feel like the thing about DC's approach is that I, they they were playing catch up. Obviously, you know Marvel and Kevin Feige had the foresight to know that this was something possible. And obviously, the MCU has evolved over time. You know, I don't think that you know ten years ago Kevin Feige knew this the end game was happening and was going to happen the way it happened, but. Um, they, that they did envision that this would be a growing connected universe and as they acquired you know someone like spider-man and you know as they've you know brought in all these different new characters uh it's turned into it turns into endgame um on the other hand dc saw what marvel was trying to do after the avengers and realized look, we have to play catch up and it 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 failed because 
and it, it failed because these characters weren't characters that you know we knew the the comic book iterations of them but <laughs> as marvel has shown you, like you, we don't grow we don't grow attached to robert downey jr's tony stark because he's iron man mm-hmm. because the character that we've seen for 10 years now mm-hmm. and that's something dc didn't understand and we're starting to get that you know next time we see uh uh zachary levi as shazam mm-hmm. we're gonna you know it's good we're gonna have a different feeling about him than we did coming into shazam thousand percent gal gadot we're gonna have a different feeling than we did going into batman v superman with her you know it's it's different once you see these characters three four or five times especially when they you know uh knock it out the park in their first and second uh time so you know, I think DC realizes that, or I hope they realize that, and they have a chance to get to where Marvel's getting to, and they've they've really hit the ground running. But you know, Marvel is just so ahead of the game right now. You know, it's gonna be hard to put catch up. And I think that was I think that was their issue was that they they made it a game of catch up when it shouldn't have been. It should have been them just trying to build a, a universe that made sense. And that allowed us to really get to know the people they were going to introduce us to, especially when they were going to do such darker takes on the characters. You know, if you you know, we could go back and forth. We have for probably dozens of episodes on the show about decision making involving Ben Affleck's Batman and and uh, the Superman played by um, what's the name uh, Cavill. Mm-hmm. But per, and Cavill, I give him a little bit more role because we did we were introduced to him. But when it came to Batman, and some of these other DC characters. You know, it allowing us to get to know those characters and grow up with them maybe would have allowed us to greater understand why they were the way they were in a certain way. With you know, I think Marvel. We always talk about how Marvel's cookie card, but Marvel did do a lot of weird, bizarre things with some of the characters that they they chose. You know, making Hank Pym. 60, 70 years old was not, like, a popular decision <laughs> when it first happened. People were like, what the hell? Scott Lang was not the Ant-Man for a lot of people. But by giving us a backstory, by giving us uh, several movies, now by the time when we see him in Endgame, we're all really excited to see, you know, hey, it's, it's Ant-Man, it's Scott Lang. Like, that guy, when, like, they just dropped him in randomly, and he was the way he was, and, and Pink Pen was 70. We didn't know why. Like, that wouldn't have worked, you know? So it just it just speaks to uh, just how well done what Marvel did uh, was was and just and and how they deserve all the credit in the world for where they sit today and I and I and I have hope for DC because you know Shazam was amazing and it's just Kendall said I can't wait to see Shazam again um, I can't wait to see Wonder Woman eighty four we'll talk about what's happening with the Batman but we know Matt Reeves is a beast as a filmmaker so. There's reason to be optimistic about DC. Aquaman was solid. So there's reason to be optimistic with DC. Let's hope that they're kind of going the right way. But it just, I mean, this Marvel Endgame success to me, is just it just really shines a light on how important it is to really get off to a good start. And if you don't, or if your vision is, is, is flawed, it's kind of hard to ever get reach their full potential. Marvel clearly has done that with what they've done with Endgame and I couldn't be happy enough, more happy as a superhero fan than I am today. But let's uh, let let's let's uh, talk now about Spider-Man: Far From Home. That was a trailer that we got today. Um, this I thought was a it was a, a pretty big trailer. Um, at least how I read it. 
obviously, you know, it's the trailer where they have to, you know, give the spoiler warning. It was a good reason because they, it pretty much definitely is coming out of Endgame and Peter still being, uh, you know, saddened by what happened with, with Tony Stark. You know, he says he sees his face everywhere. He's looking at a mural somewhere in the city that shows, uh, that shows, uh, you know, Tony and, and it was, it made sense why obviously they had the spoiler warning, but also made sense why in those, in the, the other stuff we saw, it, it, they kind it kind of was very vague about what was going on. Now it makes a lot more sense why we saw happy, why we saw everything, uh, the way it went down in the first teaser that we got. That was the big deal, obviously, that this is a wreck coming out of Endgame and Tony Stark's legacy kind of is in the shadow of this movie, which makes great sense for it being for it being a direct sequel to Homecoming. But the other big thing was the Mysterio reveal where, you know, you know I love how uh, the scene with Happy and Peter and Peter, like, you know, he doesn't want to pick up the phone call from Nick Fury. And he's like, you just sent Nick, Nick Fury to voicemail? Yeah. He's like, I'm going on vacation. I'm not answering. Like, that's such a high school kid thing to do. Like, you get a serious phone call and you're just like, I'm not picking it up because I want to do something fun. Uh, so, so that was funny. But when he finally ends up being taken by Fury and Fury explains to him the situation, Fury says that there's a multiverse. Which is not something that's ever been involved or talked about when it comes to uh, the Marvel Universe. He says that due to the effects of Thanos and his snap and Endgame and all this stuff, there's now been created a multiverse. And these creatures that are appearing are coming from that multiverse. And Mysterio is a human from that multiverse. That is potentially massive. I say potentially because Mysterio is a known liar who's used this kind of lie before to explain his actions. So I don't want to just jump out the window completely. But if that's the case, I mean, that absolutely really opens up the can of worms in terms of how they could move forward with not just the Spider-Man universe, but just everything. We talked about how do you include the X-Men? How do you include the Fantastic Four? How do you include... Um, any other characters you may want to insert that may not make sense right now, that is just, that's your end-all, be-all. And it's strange to me that they would allow, give something like that, of that magnitude to Sony, even though they're making the movie. It, it, that makes that makes me pause. I'm like, I, that surprises me that they would allow for a Sony movie to have something of that magnitude be so present in the universe. But that's huge if that's the case. So those are the two things, the two biggest takeaways I have from this. What do you guys think of this trailer? And what do you guys think of that? I'll go to you first, Sham. Um, so with regards to that, um, well, first of all, I thought it was a decent trailer. I like this trailer more than I like the last trailer. Um, I did too. Uh, but I thought this was a decent trailer. Um, I, uh, It's interesting about the whole multiverse thing because that – because it's always hard trying to figure out the timeline of when exactly they got the Fox properties or when they had known they were going right. to get the Fox properties. Because it's like, did they know that they were going to get the Fox properties when they were writing? Yeah, because this looks like a setup for, for Fox. Thing, yeah, I mean, it looks we... like a, basically a setup for this whole situation. Um, which it makes me wonder, like, okay, if they hadn't gotten it, what would they have done with this? Nothing. I mean, which, I mean, maybe that was their plan. Maybe they're like, okay, well, we'll throw this in here anyway. But if we don't get it, 
it'll just be like, oh, okay, this is a thing that happened, and then we're not going to do anything with it. Mm. So, I mean, it's possible that that's the case as well. Um, but I thought this trailer was very plot-heavy. It gave away a lot of plot points, which I, I, I think is good. I was wondering what was going on with these elementals. So I'm glad we <laughs> we got more information on that. Um, yeah, and, this, was uh, a, this was a plot that needed explanation. Yeah, it needed explanation. So I was very satisfied with um, what was explained to us in the trailer. And um, I'm glad, you know, we got more information on how this connects to Endgame. And um, uh, now I'm just looking forward to the movie at this point. Um, I'm looking forward to, to seeing Peter interact with Happy and Nick Fury. That should be really cool. That should be really funny to see. What about you, Kendall? Yeah, you know, obviously, like, everybody, you know, when I first saw the trailer, you know, the, the Mysterio thing, you know, obviously raised my eyebrows, you know, got people, got me hyped, or, you know, at least, uh, like I said, at least with an, an eyebrow raiser. Um, I I think the more I sat back and thought about it, I, I, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm, I, I think it's likely, but I think that there is a good chance that that is some sort of misdirect. Um, I like I would say it's sixty percent legit, and like forty percent, like it's gonna it's gonna come about like a uh, a, a uh, what's the guy's name Mandarin from <laughs> from Iron Man three mm-hmm. where I, I you know I think they want to generate it's a good way because think about it we've talked about the whole Mysterio thing even from the first trailer like them trying to set up Mysterio as, like, this, like, good guy, essentially, to then pull it under the rug eventually, you would think, considering he was cast as a villain, and he's Mysterio, obviously, to eventually pull it under the rug that, yeah, Mysterio's the bad guy, actually, and, you know, that's not going to surprise 75% of the people, maybe 80%, 90% of the people going there to see the movie that Mysterio's the villain. So, is that reveal going to do anything? Now you, you throw this in here, and now you got people talking about a multiverse, you know, Mysterio, the catalyst to bring in the X-Men, and, you know, maybe Miles Morales. <laughs> talk, talk about a twist that we, nobody expected. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, now, like, let's say we go into the movie, and they say that, oh, oh yeah, he's lying about that, or that's not even a thing, or it is a thing, but it has nothing to do with Mysterio. Like that, that that would have that would be a surprise to people, you know. Like, I mean, it wouldn't be a shock because, like you said, Mysterio is is built on, you know, that misdirect. Kind of yeah. But like, in terms of what we thought about the movie going in, it would change. It would change, things, and it would change a lot of the conversations that we've had, or that we're going to have leading into the movie. Um, also, I I think most the most likely scenario is that Mysterio is. That there is a multiverse, and but on his world, like he's probably actually a villain. Mm. Like, mm. but he's gonna come. He probably ends up on this world somehow, and like, you know. So you're buying that he is from another Earth, and that he that 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 multiverse that's likely thing. You think it's most likely? Yeah, I, I think there's mm. a good chance that he's that he's not from another Earth. Right. Yeah. That that, that it's all it's all BS, but. Um, I would say most likely that he is from another Earth, but that he that was an villain, he was a villain. You know, one of those things. You know, he's a mustache twirling villain that 
you know, trying to take advantage of the situation that he's in. Um, but like you said, I mean, this term, that's what makes this weird is the whole Fox deal. Is I, that's why I think that this could be just a misdirect. If it's not a misdirect, then, I mean, do you wonder if, do they call an audible? Do they, they rewrite something to change people's origins? I mean, it just, I mean, we didn't hear anything with this movie with rewrites or or reshoots, right? Not necessarily. I mean, not necessarily a reshoot, but like, I mean, this has been the, the Fox deal has been in the works for a while now. True. Could they have you know changed the script somehow? You know, late in uh, or during production, or you know, it, it just feels like going into like everything we've heard about the movie has been true. Like a lot, well, not everything, but a lot of the things we heard about the movie, like before even before we even heard about Jill and Hall getting casted, a lot of it's like come to be true about you know yeah Spider Man's gonna go off to Europe and you know, yeah that stuff we've heard for a while. There was no talk about like yeah Mysterio when we heard that Mysterio was gonna be the villain or, or when we heard about the villain. There was nothing about oh yeah some guy from another <laughs> universe gonna come. That's and, true. Like, so like that makes me wonder if maybe they changed some things knowing that this is how they want to do the uh the fox deal um mm. and then it, it would then it would also maybe add clarity to what kevin feige was talking about with this being kind of the end of phase three uh beginning of phase four so yeah a lot of things to take from that uh in particular and but again it all it, this all could be for nothing this conversation if, if it's a if it's a mandarin situation where they it's all it's all just trailer fluff why do you guys think Nick Fury, like, believes um, Mysterio? It's another good question, um, which you, you would think maybe gives him more credibility because yeah. Nick Fury is not is someone who is... He's not trusting. No, no, <laughs> he's not trusting at all. He's always skeptical on the brink of cynicism. So, yeah, like, like how would he, how would someone like Mysterio fool Nick Fury and Maria Hill? That leads credits to maybe that that part of that part of his story is not true. I I totally think that some part of this is not true. There's no Absolutely. way that there's zero there's, there's zero percent chance. We all agree that Mysterio is a villain. This yeah, movie, he's right? a villain. Mysterio yeah. is a villain in the movie. So there's Which zero percent. If he's not a villain, yes, yeah, that would that be would shocking. Be yeah, that would be like beyond Mandarin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the levels yeah. of shocking. Like it, it was ironic because the Mandarin situation, like it was the fact that there was a switch that was shocking. This would be. If there isn't a, some kind of switch, oh, yeah, exactly. that would be shocking. So, Mysterio is going to be the villain of this movie. The question becomes, how much of his story is true? And Fury, believing all of it, leaves credit credence to the fact that maybe a lot of it is true. Um, but that is interesting to me, that, he would, that, that Fury would believe something like that, especially given, you know, we, we, he's not working for S.H.I.E.L.D., He's not working for some organization right now. It seems like he's kind of going solo with him and Maria Hill, maybe a couple of scragglers that he picked up along the way, some old S.H.I.E.L.D. buddies, and they're kind of just working off the books to try to, you know, thwart threats. That's the, I, It doesn't seem like he would also have the means to, like, know of if Mysterio was lying about that to me. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not giving him enough credit, or maybe I'm, I feel like if that was the case, I think that... In the writing standpoint, I would have a lot of questions about how he would know about that, especially given that um, we know that he has 
that that he he can contact Captain Marvel. We know that he can contact Thor because they both say that those two are, are unavailable for specific reasons. Um, so how he would have the means to 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 also be like, well, I got, I, I found out that there was a, a multiverse. I would like to know. I it would surprise me if he didn't have another source for that because it doesn't seem like the people he has with him have the ability to do that. It's not like Captain Marvel can tell him that. It's not like Thor can tell him that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right. It's just, it, it is it is bizarre, and that's why I mentioned the whole, this being a Sony movie thing is so interesting to me, because it's, it's truly shocking that they would put so much on the line in terms of Stark's death, a potential multiverse, in the hands of a Sony property. Well, you know what I'll say about that. That is really bizarre to me, and and, and it makes me wonder that we're we're ta- worried about X Men and Fantastic Four and Deadpool. Are they setting up the Spideyverse? You know, it is this kind of yeah. it was did, was this well, did they do this? And is just this just now a good coincidence for them to maybe expand on that? But you know, if they wanted to do a uh, Spider Gwen, you could do that now. You don't really need to do a Miles Morales because we've had a five-year jump, so there's no need necessarily to to have to go to another universe to get Spider-Man because this the kid that he's in the universe that yeah the kid that Don Glover talked about in Far From Home should be old enough around the age to maybe be Spider-Man at this point. So yeah, it or, or is this the creation of the Spider-Verse, and will this somehow maybe even coincide with what we're seeing in these animated films? Well, the, it's interesting you say that, EJ, because I, I wonder if this trailer kind of pours water on the idea that Sony or Marvel and Sony have any tension or that like there that because there has been this notion that like, yeah, like, you know, we should be worried about the future of Spider-Man and what Sony will do after his, you know, Tom Holland's movie contract is up and things of that nature. But. I mean, the way they they positioned Peter Parker and Spider Man in this trailer, like you know, yeah, you're, you're the successor to Iron Man, you mm. know, at this point. yeah. And we had the thing with the multiverse, and like they're not shying away from, they're not doing anything to really distance themselves from, you know, Spider Man or kind of isolate Spider Man in his own lane. Um, so that that makes me wonder that. You know, maybe look, maybe Marvel is confident, Disney's confident, Sony's confident that their relationship is going to continue for a long time, and that you know, could we see a situation where Peter Parker is uh, one of, if not the leader of the Avengers, or a real leader of the Avengers? Well, for me, I think you can go both ways because I think that this is also an out for if there was for whatever reason they wanted to put Holland. In a movie with Tom Hardy, to me, this absolutely creates exactly what could have happened to make that happen. Is to somehow get Spidey sucked out of the MCU and into the Sony-verse. And maybe then allow Marvel to use Miles. Like there, There's a lot of different things they can do. But it, 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 it to me, I read it both ways. I read it as, yes, it could be, a, a, you know, the way they kind of hyped up Peter as a successor to Tony that they really do view him as the future of the MCU, not Sony-verse, but the MCU. But on the other hand, it gives them a lot of options by creating a multiverse if they do do that, because um, 
it just doesn't make sense to think that they're going to just continue doing Venom and not want to put him across Tom Hardy. You know, you would think that they're going to, excuse me, put uh, put Tom Holland against, uh, in front of uh, Tom Hardy. Like, you would think that that meeting has got to be inevitable, and it's not going to happen in the MCU, so how could it happen? This creates that avenue. Um, it's, 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 it's all really fascinating. I don't know, Sham. Like, I don't know where, where you stand on it, but... To me, I thought I, I think this creates a lot of opportunities to do a lot of things, and it's exciting, but it's also weird and scary because I feel like, you know, we've seen you know DC has been the company that I mean Marvel has dealt with multiverses too, but I think DC has kind of really made the multiverse like its baby, and it comes with a lot of good and a lot of bad. You could do a lot of amazing, awesome stuff like Crisis on Infinite Earths and. Flashpoint and things like that, or you could end up doing complete foolishness, which we've seen DC do. I'm, I'm talking about comic books. I'm not even talking about movies right now. Like, it comes with a double-edged sword. And I don't know if I want to... I hope... I don't want this to become an avenue to take Tom, Tom Holland out of the MCU and make it seamless for Sony to move movies without Marvel. But I think that this also creates an avenue for them to do that if they so choose. Um, I don't think that that's going to happen. But I do see where you're coming from. I, I agree with Kendall on that. It seems like they're setting up Peter Parker as the next uh, um, or pot- next potential face. It seems like they're not really sure what they want to do yet. It seems like there's a, there's a, a new big three in Captain Marvel, Black Panther, and Peter Parker in terms of who they want to lead, quote-unquote, uh, the new Avengers. And um, uh, I feel like they don't really know who they want to pick yet. Just to try to figure that out, but it seems like they're, they're branding Peter Parker as like the new, like Iron Man, and I feel like with Peter Parker being so close to Tony, um, and then being so close to him in the moment that he died, even, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I feel like I feel like he is, um, I feel like he's gonna become a new fan favorite. Honestly, uh, I mean, everyone loves this new Spider Man, uh, and. Uh, you know, I feel like uh, I I mean, I think that this could set up something with regards to bringing in the X-Men, bringing in the Fantastic Four. Um, I do think they could do something with the Spider-Verse, but I hope they don't just because we're already getting a Spider-Verse, an animated Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. And I don't really want a live action Spider-Verse to, <laughs> to go on at the same time. What I'm saying is how about the animation crosses over with the, the, the live action? So, like. Do you have do you have a scenario where that Miles that we got introduced to in in Spider Verse somehow gets put in the gets sucked into the MCU for some reason, or if Tom Holland somehow gets sucked into the to the to the animated universe and we see him somewhere doing voice acting for a movie, like that's where I think this gets interesting, especially kind of when I think about we all talked about how weird like the Homecoming universe was in that. Okay, there's no Mary Jane Watson. There's this MJ. We haven't been introduced to Gwen Stacy. We surmise we've seen some little blonde girl that may be her, but we don't know for sure. That seems yeah, to be out of the window. Good. That that could be out of the window if she's now five years older with the, after this snap situation. Mm-hmm. So, interesting. Some of the people that we you know, Ned Leeds is his best friend. Who the hell is Ned Leeds? Where's Harry Osborn? Where's Annie Osborn? Like, there's a lot of weird. The way they created this universe was weird, and yeah, well, the, and, and our so, our 
So when you talk about creating a multiverse, maybe there is another universe where Mary Jane Watson exists as Mary Jane Watson. Maybe there is a Harry Osborne that's his best friend, not Ned Leeds. Maybe there's a Gwen Stacy around. Like, like we we all kind of just like we all just kind of like for, you didn't care anymore like about the fact that it was very weird like the characters they were putting around him, and we just moved on because we were just happy that Spider Man the MCU, but. Maybe there was a, a grander reason than we even thought. You know? Yeah, I mean, obviously the MCU is a little messy right now with, you know, the five-year snap or the five-year jump and the snap. And, you know, now we're talking about, you know, Thanos's, you know, he, he released cosmic particles, you know, part, particles, <laughs> no infinity stones and stuff. And so a lot of layers they can throw in and now we're talking about a multiverse out of nowhere because of the snap um so like all these characters could be coming from like these characters could be coming from all different areas like Mysterio and the X-Men could be coming from a different multiverse but then you know the, the snap could have or the, the infinity uh, gems being broken up maybe called the Fantastic Four and maybe Miles Morales grows up in the five new times up like it's so it's confusing as to how any of this stuff is going to happen. Um, I what I will say is well, the thing about the the Spider Verse that we assumed in Homecoming was that they just wanted to differentiate themselves from the others. So like yeah, they, we're not going to use a, your stereotypical Mary Jane. We're not going to use Harry Osborn. We're not going to use J. Jonah Jameson because like you know or or Norman Osborn because a lot of those things were used in the the first two iterations. So. Um, I don't know if that's changed. You know, I, I feel like that logic still would, would maintain itself. Um, what I will say is that, I mean, in terms of, in terms of the X-Men, I, I, I still don't, I don't, I still don't know how I feel about a multiverse. I would have, I still would love for these characters to just be in the MCU somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's possible, but, um, I, I mean, it's, it's, I'm like I'm like still not completely sure that this is how it happened. I I just feel like it's too weird to reveal that in a trailer. Um, it kind of feels unnecessary. I, I don't know. The one thing, the one thing we can all agree is that this trailer grabbed everyone's attention. If there was like it, I thought, because to me with this trailer and this movie, I'll be honest, like I was like whatever, <laughs> like and and. It wasn't really anything to do necessarily with this movie in particular, but it was more just about like Endgame was such a, a massive thing that it was like uh, anything that comes out of it, it's like all right, whatever, I'll see when I see it. But when you start bringing out multiverse, people come from different universes, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa time out, time out. Like this is very important for how they could potentially be setting up the next phase, and if that's not the case, if See, Marvel and Sony, and to give them credit, are smart. Because they know that us who do this, other people who do what we do, we're going to break down what they said and how, what they created and talk about what that means for the future. And even if it ends up all being a complete misdirect, and maybe there isn't a multiverse at all, or maybe, okay, there's a multiverse, but like it really has nothing to do with the X-Men, they knew that it was going to spark this conversation. Like So that's just great marketing on their standpoint. To put that forefront uh, in this trailer. Because that's not something they had to reveal in this trailer at all. They didn't have to. They, I, I thought they should have. But 
doing that, now the conversation does get shifted to this movie. Now this movie is becomes very important. I think for some people, the movie was an afterthought. Does for the hardcore fans, this movie is no longer an afterthought after this trailer, and that's why to me, there's no question. This you have to look at this and say this was successful, regardless of what you thought about how the rest of it looked. I thought it looked good, but even if you're like, all right, whatever, the villain, we don't know what's going on. What are these elementals? Forget all that. You and the a multiverse. I I need to know what's going on, <laughs> and and everyone's attention has to be on it at that point. So uh, they deserve a lot of credit. To me, this this trailer gets an A for that. Because it, the goal is to sell a movie. I don't think they could have sold the movie better than creating, than bringing to light a different continuity than what we know from the MCU. And again, it's shocking to me that they would do that in a Sony movie, which is why I, I have my antennas raised for some massive misdirect where maybe this is not all going to happen. But the possibilities that it's introduced are endless. And we've, tried, we've broken down not even all of them probably, not even half of them. But it's going to be a fascinating movie to follow, and I, I, I tell you guys, I can't, I can't wait to see what ends up happening with that movie. But let's, uh, let's, let's move on to another trailer we got this week. It was for Agents of Shield, uh, the new season that's debuting this upcoming Friday. Um, this trailer was interesting. I feel like TV trailers are always kind of weird because, like, I don't think TV shows are shot or like, are shot to be trailers. So, like. How you you cut one, I think, can be difficult, which is why I think like TV trailers rarely look as good as movie trailers. Uh, I like what I saw from this trailer. I do feel a little well. One, the Terminator vibes are obvious with this trailer, and it's been obvious with everything they've been doing, kind of leading up to this uh, this season. But it, it, I think it's it's still a little too vague for me to really be completely hook, line, and sinker ready, other than the fact that I love this show, so I'm going to watch anyway. I can't say I looked at one thing I saw from this trailer and was over the moon about it, but I am curious about what the deal is with Coulson. They're keeping that close to the vest. They probably should, though I think they maybe could have revealed just a little bit more than they did. Um, we know they they, 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 find, uh, they find Fitz. I don't know if I would have put that in the trailer, but they, I mean, we we all assume they would probably find him. I don't know, Shaman Sham. You're 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 the you're. We're all super fans of the show. But you're probably the most enthusiastic about it. Using the shield out of all three of us. What did you make of this trailer? Uh, I thought it was a decent trailer. Um, I agree. It didn't exactly get me. You know, make me go go through the roof, so to speak. Um, you know, uh, I am excited to see. Uh, I think it just kind of showed us. You know, just the team. And show us them interacting and and where they are, where where they're all at. And it reminded us that Deke is there because I I honestly I, wasn't yeah. I like forgot he existed, <laughs> but he's in the season. And I I actually saw the poster before I saw the trailer, and he's in the poster yeah. too. So I was like, oh okay, yeah. So Deke is back. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think I mean I my hope honestly is that most of this trailer is like the first half of the season. Mm. Or like early on in the season. This is a short season. It's like six. Was it ten episodes? I yeah. think it is a shorter season. I don't know how short it is though. Um, it's like, it's, it might it's like ten or thirteen. Okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, my hope is that a lot, of, most of this stuff isn't from like the end of the series. Uh, well, we're but, getting another season, right? Yes, we are. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot that. Yeah, they did confirm that. Um. Uh. 
so yeah, I liked what I saw overall. Um, you know, we're get, we're going to see Fitz again. Daisy has a new haircut. It's interesting. Um, I don't think that this there was any time skip, if I'm not mistaken. I think they actually said that there isn't any kind of time skip in the show. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to reference anything that happened in Infinity War or Endgame at all. I hope they do in, in some aspect. Last but, season did. Yeah, last season it did. Yeah, didn't Homeboy was like he was going to take on Thanos? Yeah, that was. <laughs> yeah. Gravitar. Yeah. He was like, I got to defeat Thanos. That would have been funny. Yeah, so <laughs> I know, right? Um, but yeah, so I mean, I feel like, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm looking forward to that as well because they have to work in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I guess, since, you know, they're in the same universe. So that should be interesting to see. What is um, interesting, Sham, is, mm-hmm. is, and sorry to hear you off, but we talked about this last topic talking about multiverses and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the one thing that we did learn from this course is that he did seem to, it seems like he's been this way for a long time. Yeah. Like he's been fighting and taking down countries and, and worlds places or whatever. or whatever. Like, you know, part of me wonders, like, if we're talking about if there's any end game connection, could that be the connection? Could mm, that be the connection where true. he's a different Phil Coulson from a different universe? That is true. Back. I don't know. That seems like a lot because this show is really skirted anything that's happened in these movies. And that would be putting yourself, you know, right in the front of lines of like impact or, or effects from Endgame. But that could be some explanation to what we saw. I feel like I feel like that what happened in Endgame is so hard to avoid. You know, with, while saying, oh, yeah, we're in the same universe. But we're just completely not going to acknowledge anything, the the snap or anything. I feel like that's, I feel like it, it, it's like okay, yeah, you you say you are, but you're not. You know, like it, I feel like there needs to be some kind of, um, there needs to be some kind of effect in Thanos doing the snap and it affecting the show. Um, similar to, uh, and I don't know exactly how the time how it's supposed to affect this show either, but similar to Cloak and Dagger, now, Cloak and Dagger is going on now. I don't know exactly where that when that takes place or how <laughs> how the snap is supposed to have affected that show. Like I don't know, but Ace of Shield at least was affected by Winter Soldier, so we know that they they have taken taken things from the movies and put them in the show before. So I'm hoping that they do the same thing in this season. What do you make of this, Kendall? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't. I'm not gonna hold my breath for any uh, real tie tie in at this point. Um, I, it seemed like it, it, I agree that it, it, it seems hard to fathom them being, being able to ignore it. But I mean, the writers have a hard job on their hands now. You know, <laughs> <laughs> after what Feige did uh, and what the Russos did in Endgame, um, I, you know, I think though, I, I I think there will probably be slight reference to it. Um, but I think it'll be one of those situations where, like, you know, conveniently. None of the characters were snapped. <laughs> talk, talk about a, talk about a, a numerical, you know, a numerical, you know, complete like 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 anomaly if yeah, that no, does right. happen. A mathematical anomaly. <laughs> it's like, oh, all of our team didn't get affected by the snap. No way, disappeared. Like, yeah, or they all disappeared and they come back. <laughs> well, where were we? <laughs> you know, it, I, I imagine that'll be the situation, but uh, there may not even be reference to it. You know, so, um, but no, I mean, this season, it looks, like you just said, it looks good, but they're being very, very kind of vague about it. Um, you know, 
I definitely feel like one, the budget looks like it was kind of raised. It seemed like they're doing a little more, you know, or maybe they're just less episodes and they have the same budget, but uh, I feel like it looks better. Um, you know, I think uh, it, it, I, I think it's interesting that, you know, because there's, because there are less episodes, it feels like they're also like, you know, I, I do, I do kind of share some of Shamari's concerns about hopefully they're not kind of showing you too much. Or, you know, hopefully, like, there is, like, a lot more to the season than what they've shown. Um, I think that's the case. I think this is all from, like, the first, like, four or five episodes. But, you know, even then, that's that's almost half the season. It's 13 episodes. So, yeah. I, you know, I mean, it, it, it should be it should be interesting. Um, hopefully, I think that my guess is because they're going to be a shorter season, like, we'll get to the stuff quicker. You know, I don't think that there will be much kind of... So I think a lot of the, I, I believe, I'm pretty sure the the season long plot will probably start within the first episode or two. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's how it should be. I agree. I don't think they'll get. And to me, I mean, if there's anything about this trailer. I mean, it don't look like they, they're going to be waiting to get into business. I mean, this is a very action packed trailer. It's all explosions, fight scenes, like you know, it's not a lot of just like sitting around kind of right. talking. They're all doing so. So I, I, I agree. I do imagine that this season will definitely get to the goods a lot quicker. Um, but I also agree with you guys. I don't think that this is all of the season. I think that there's plenty of episodes, plenty of things that we haven't seen um, that that will appear that we didn't see from this trailer. Because we know that this show, even though it now it's shorter, so we'll see if that changes their kind of thinking. This show has typically, you know, in the last several seasons kind of worked in arcs. Um, they've done, you know, a specific arc here, a specific arc there. Then another one, maybe to finish the show, the season four being the biggest one where they had the Ghost Rider and, and LMD and all that stuff. So even in the 13 episode season, they could send a, still end up doing something similar. Maybe it'll be just two arcs instead of one. I feel like we probably saw only the first arc or most of the first half of the season probably in this show. I don't expect that we saw a whole lot of it, but it's, it's a season that's going to raise a lot of questions. Um, when you make, you know, the hero of the show, the villain, uh, it, it, what happened or why that happened is very unpredictable. So they can kind of go a multitude of ways. I hope it doesn't come off uh, corny in any way because sometimes that could be a little goofy when, like, the main character becomes the villain of the show. Uh, to be fair, the Fast and Furious franchise did it, and that did fine. So it could be done, um, but let's hope that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. does it correctly. But I, I'm excited. I said we're, we're, we're coming up. On this, uh, on on the the renewal and the beginning of this season, and uh, we'll be of course recapping that that show as we do all the shows that we talk about on the Generation Hero podcast. So Hero Talk podcast. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens. But um, speaking of Agents of Shield, um, an Agents of Shield alum is officially uh, going to be starring in his own series. So Gabriel Luna, who we all just completely raved about his portrayal of Ghost Rider will be starring in his own live-action Ghost Rider series on Hulu. It is one of two series that were announced this week. Uh, they're also doing a Hellstrom series. There hasn't been any casting uh, news in terms of, of, of what we're going to be seeing with that. But the Ghost Rider thing, obviously, for a lot of people who watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., got a lot of people excited because of how well-received Luna's portrayal was. Now, according to the reporting, this character this is not going to tie into the character that we saw 
on Agents of Shield. So that's a no. There's any downside to this? A little bit of a downside, I think. But uh, Sham, what did you make of the of the news of of Luna reprising his role as uh, as Ghost Rider in the second show we're gonna be getting, Hellstrom? Um, I can't wait to see this Ghost Rider show. Mm. Uh, Gabriel Luna did a fantastic job as Ghost Rider, as evidenced by our reviews, <laughs> our constant raving of him in our uh, episode recaps. Jenny Award winner. Yeah, Jenny Award yeah. winner. I mean, uh, he was spectacular, so I can't wait. It is a huge bummer, honestly, that it's not tying into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at all. Honestly, I just want Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to tie into something. <laughs> but, you know, I guess I guess not with regards to this show. Um, but, um, but, yeah, either way, I'm really excited to see him uh, get his own show. Uh, uh, this could be a, This could be a sleeper. This could be one that could be extremely, extremely good. We've been saying for a long time how we should have something like Ghost Rider on Netflix mm-hmm. in the Netflix universe, um, or like how Gabriel Luna's Ghost Rider was so good, and he should have his own. Well, now we're getting he's getting his own show. Yeah. So this is uh, spectacular news. I really, really can't wait to see it. Um, and I'm fascinated by Hellstrom as well. It sounds interesting, based on what what I what I've read about it. I'm not as familiar with that story. But, um, uh, but it also sounds very dark, you know, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, uh, yeah, like mystical elements in it, which sounds like something that I would be interested in. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking very much looking forward to that one as well. Definitely seems like a little bit of their, um, their response or their answer to, uh, Hellboy, uh, Lost Thing and Hellboy, but I also <laughs> was thinking, um, Constantine too. Ah, a little right. bit of both of them. Uh, Kendall, what do you make of... Uh, the return of Luna and this new Hellstrom series. Yeah. Like, um, first, when you talk about Ghost Rider, I mean, it's certainly something that we, like Shamari mentioned, something we've talked about, something we've asked for for a while. Um, you know, I feel like uh, Robbie Reyes is, or Gabriel Luna's Robbie Reyes, as you said, um, one of the better characters we've seen in, in superhero television uh, in the last, you know, three or four years. Um, it, it'll, be inter- it'll be interesting to see how they handle, like, him being a new character, like, whether or not there will be any tie-in. Like you said, right now, as far as we know, there isn't. Is that, like, a hard, like, is it going to be a hard reboot? Is it going to be a soft reboot? You know, is it, like... Are we going to pretend like everything against the shield just never happened and we're going to retell, you know, the story, you know, recast his entire, like, you know, backstory or whatever? Um, or it's just going to be one of those things where, like, we just kind of don't touch those areas and, you know, we, they write around it. Um, I would prefer it be the latter. If you're not going to reference Agents of the Shield, that's fine. But, you know, if you can find ways to, you know, kind of write around the things that happened in Agents of the Shield, I think that would that worked better than, you know, just kind of doing things over and, you know, retelling certain stories. And, because at that point, whenever you do something like that, I always say to myself, why even cast the same person? Right. Do that? Like, like, I, you know, I'm not, we're not caught up in Legends of Tomorrow, but like, anytime we've seen Matt Ryan and Constantine, that, it's not like they've gone out of their way to make the Constantine show not canon, as far as we know. Mm-hmm. It's just, they're just not going to reference it. Right. Now this is a little harder because it's the opposite. It's 
You know, it's like it's it's hard to not reference an entire series, or it's not e- it's easy to not reference an entire series when somebody's like a side character. Yeah, it's hard to uh, ignore what they did on the other show when like where you're going to make an entire show about the person. So, you know, the, the Hulu and the people in Marvel are going to have a tougher time ignoring what happened on Agents of Shield and the CW did, but I, I think. I, it wouldn't shock me if, like, they just, if they went that route and just ignored it. Um, in terms of Hellstrom, like, I mean, it, I mean, it could be interesting. You know, not, obviously, not a character I'm super familiar with. Um, but one day, one thing this, this showed me that clearly, like, Marvel and Hulu, like, are, are they, they, Hulu certainly seems like, you know, taking up the void that's going to be left by Netflix. Um, that's something we've talked about, given, you know, the the Fox, you know, Disney deal mm-hmm. gave, you know, Disney a large portion of Hulu, uh, ownership in Hulu, and, you know, there's other reasons why that it, it made sense, or it makes sense for this to happen the way it's been happening. But, uh, I mean, this is interesting. You know, that plus, you know, we have those animated shows coming to Hulu soon, and we still have the runaways, so. Uh, we didn't see if any of these things tie into each other, but uh, definitely good news we're getting Gabriel Luna back. Yeah, we're all happy for the return of uh, of Luna, and um, and I, I'm intrigued by what we're going to see from Hellstrom because I think it's going to be unlike. I mean, both of these shows will be unlike really anything Marvel has done. Uh, Marvel kind of, you know, they kind of dipped their toe a little bit with Agents of Shield and introducing Ghost Rider, but when you really start you know, kind of going into the depths of hell and, and, and that kind of stuff. Marvel has not touched any of that kind of stuff. So I'm very curious what the rating for the show will be. Mm-hmm. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. probably got its most violent with Ghost Rider around yeah. um, than it had definitely previously. It may have matched it in certain instances since, but definitely since before that, it hadn't gotten as violent since we saw Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I'm assuming this will probably be at the very least, a TV-14, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's a mature audience for both of these shows. Um, yeah, the, yeah. They're, they're building the, the, the Hellstrom show as, you know, the, the son and daughter of, seri- of a serial killer who right. we know is Satan, but, like, I mean, it's hard to do that <laughs> and be PG. Exactly. Um, I'm wondering if in Ghost Rider we're going to get his little brother. Wasn't that his little brother? That was oh, in yeah. Age of the Shield? I mean, that was, like, a big part of his story. I feel like that's, like, when they say that it's not going to tie in, I feel like that's probably going to be a lot of it like we're not gonna see that kid that, that's what i that's what i'm that's what i'm talking about where i'm like are they gonna ride around you are you gonna recast like if you can recast the kid you know but that would be unfortunate because the kid did a good job and like like you said played a game yeah, it was good into shield. um yeah it helped characterize robbie like really well <laughs> yeah so i mean i don't know, personalize him yeah exactly but well, if we get the kid again, then we can kind of. I mean, if it's the same actor, it seems unlikely. But if it is the same actor, like you know, then at that point, you I kind of look at it like you know, continuation of Agents of I just wonder what the advantage Marvel sees in not uh, in not making it a tie-in, like 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 Kendall said, like it doesn't like it doesn't take much work to just not really worry much about like Agents of Shield. Like it makes me wonder, like what about this series? Do they feel like they can't allow it to be tied into agents in any way because agents 
has where it's, it's supposed to have a loose tie into the MCU. So if you do that, it kind of makes me assume that anything with this Ghost Rider is not canon to the MCU, which it's not bad, but you know, it's still kind of we we, we would have preferred it that it would have um, tied in, you know. So so that's that's something that I, I you know I still can't wrap around. Is that what's what's the benefit to doing it this way? There's got to be some the only benefit. Ben- the only benefit I can think of is. If the creator was just like, I want, I want nothing to tie tie my story down, right? Or they pitched a pilot or something, they're just like, this is just completely different from Agents of Shield, you know? I want nothing to do. I like the character, but I want nothing to do with that storyline. Which I don't know why they would be like that because I think it's a good storyline, but maybe they just have their own. They and Agents of Shield own. really didn't like dive very deep into like an origin or anything. That's why. That's why it's so yeah, weird. I don't to know. Me. It's like yeah, Agents of Shield would have had an origin <laughs> story, would have had a flashback, would have known. Like I, I then I can understand. Okay, like. Yeah, you maybe you don't want to be tethered to like what they've established, but they didn't establish much. Like Robbie was a very mysterious character. He had already been Ghost Rider. Yeah, even though he had been in the show for a, while, a lot of episodes, he wasn't like, oh, there's this character we know so much about. We didn't know anything about him. Yeah. So that's you know, whenever decisions are made that don't seem to make that much sense to me, the first question I immediately ask is why is that happening? And I can't really seem to wrap wrap my hand around it yet, but I think. We'll, we'll end up learning soon enough. Um, and I said before earlier in the show, we were going to do a temperature check on a new movie. Or not new movie, but a movie we haven't talked about in a long time. We haven't done a temperature check in a while. But uh, today we're going to be talking about the Batman. Uh, we're talking about the Batman because we haven't heard much about uh, where that movie stands. We, we heard about, you know, the idea that the Penguin was, was, was likely going to be the villain. That there was going to be a lot of, uh, of appearances of of Batman villains in this, in this movie. And, um, we have no more details on the plot, but Justin Kroll, uh, tweeted that it could be a little while before this movie gets off the ground. Still, he tweeted, uh, last week, quote, here's a small Batman update for you here. And the script is still being polished up and that there is a possibility shooting begins at the top of 2020 instead of fall of 2019, which means it'll probably still be a minute before we find out who the next Kate Crusader will be. That is important, that last part, because there was this very widespread rumor that we were going to hear about uh, who Batman was going to be very soon. Some people were saying it was going to be the week of Endgame. Some people were saying it was last week. Yeah, I remember that rumor. Um, and, 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 and now Kroll is saying now... He, he he's not saying that it's definitely. He says probably they could still name who Batman is, but maybe they don't have the script finished yet. That would be a little weird, which is why he's saying probably we won't hear from that. But that would you know quelch that rumor that was going around that somehow DC would like you know try to steal back some of the headlines by by announcing who Batman would be. Right. Um. So so Shamari, what do you make of this update that that the movie? Uh, it's still kind of being hammered out in regards to a story and that that shooting. We're still a little ways away because 2020 is at the very least seven months from now. Um, I mean, it's never, I mean, it's never really a good thing when you hear that, you know, they still have a lot of work to do. It sounds like there's a lot of people, well, not a lot of people, but there may be people that like don't agree on things and they're still trying to figure out what, where exact, where pieces fit and things like that. Um, but I do want them to take their time. It's been a very long time, but I, I do want them to try to get this right. Because um, sure. it's such an important character, and this is the umpteenth iteration of this character that we've seen on live action. Um, and 
uh, not only that, I feel like they may be coming on the heels of a, I mean, hopefully very successful Joker movie. Mm. So, I mean, I feel like having a good Batman would just add a lot to the universe, um, especially if we get a good Joker or a good Birds of Prey. Um, so I, f- I just feel like that would be great. But overall, I mean, this is, I mean, I say this isn't good news, but I mean, it, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, I mean, it is what it is. Um, uh, I, I hope they, they, I just hope they get it right. You know, they take as much time as they need, I guess, just to get it right. Um, instead of just rushing out of Batman and trying to rush out a new Justice League, you know, like just cast the right person, <laughs> get the right story. I mean, Matt Reeves is, he's not known for putting out trash. So I feel like that's something that they're, they're trying to avoid. And I, uh, I really hope that we get something, um, or that we, we hear some, uh, news, uh, sometime soon. Why are you, Kendall? Boy, I mean, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, you know, I feel like the way, the way I interpret news or news like this, uh, and my perspective on the DCEU has changed so much after like, you know, Wonder Woman, Aquaman and Shazam, because like, like this bit of news, like four or five months ago, I, I mean, I'd be like, man, this is this is awful. Yeah, you'd, be tri- you'd be tripping. Yeah, I'd be like, oh man, what, what are they doing? They, they, this is a train wreck. <laughs> We're pushing it back. But like after Shazam, I mean, I just can't, I can't overreact at this point. You know, I feel like they know what they're doing. You know, it's similar to look. If Marvel pushed the movie back, it would be you know upsetting because you know you want to get it as soon as possible. But you trust what they're doing. You trust their decision making. Nine times out of ten, they're making the the right decision. They're making the right decision for what they want to do. Um, on the other hand, if a Fox movie, if an X Men, if a Fox X Men movie gets pushed back, you feel like man, something must be going wrong. This must be a train. <laughs> yeah. DC was the latter for the, for the last you know two three years, but at this point, they're starting to become closer to Marvel. Where look, you just trust what the the heads over there are doing. Um, Trust that they're going to make the right decision. Uh, just like when I mean, I, I I was talking about the Idris Elba being that shot thing being like this makes no sense, and they ended up making the. It seemed like you know maybe we jumped the gun and they are going to make the right call and making him somebody else. Um, like I feel like they they have their heads. They have good head. They have a good header in their shoulder over at DC right now, and so I trust that you know this Batman movie is in good shape. Um, I, whatever the reason is for why you know it's going to be delayed or why they're they're slowing the process down, uh, you know I'm sure we'll, we'll probably find out to some degree. But um, I'm not nervous about this movie. Also, it may just be like one of those things where I look, I'm not looking forward to that movie. Like it's too far. It's too far down the road. Like we haven't even gotten a casting. We haven't gotten a, a, a photo. Or, poster they haven't started filming like before i start getting excited about a movie like all those things have to happen mm-hmm. like i'm not excited about any marvel x-men movie <laughs> until they until they one they tell us it's happening two they tell us who the x-men are going to be like what the, like I, so this batman movie i'm glad we, we have a director i'm glad we have rumors about what the story could potentially be but as far as we know as far as i know there is nothing 
I know nothing about this movie outside of who's making it. So um, once we get a casting, which is going to be very important, that's when I'll start to get more excited about it. But until then, I'm patient. I'm not worried about any delays. Until then, we have all these Marvel movies that have to be made. We have the Joker movie that you wanted to mention. So, I mean, we're, we're, us superhero fans will live without another Batman. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna agree with all you guys. Um, I'm, you know, I'm gonna say that, well, I'm agree with Kendall. I think Ishmael was a little more pessimistic about it, but none of us are panicking. I'm not gonna panic either. I'm gonna say that this is probably best that they don't just rush this thing. Uh, what it tells me is that it, it tells me that that DC and Warner Brothers have definitely given Matt Reeves a lot of rope, a lot of space to let him, you know, go with the creative process. I think. I mean, like Shamar said, perhaps this is executives coming in and saying, well, we don't like this and change that. I hope that's not the case. I would hope when you say the strip being polished up, the, it's quoting uh, Justin Kroll here from Variety. That makes me, that sounds to me like, it's almost done. Not that it's being changed. So, um, so, so if you would have said, you know, oh, it's tweak, they're tweaking it, I'd be okay. That's that makes me more think, oh, maybe there is some kind of meddling happening. But they're also the reason why I lean toward the fact that I think that they are giving him a lot of space and a lot of uh, creative uh, space to do what he wants is because uh, we know that Warner Brothers has been very quick to want to get their stuff off the ground in the past. So. The fact that they are being like, oh, no, like, you know, we're still working. We're still trying to figure this out. That is encouraging. It's, it's unfortunate that we're, we're going to have to wait probably. I mean, it's looking now like 2021 at the earliest for the Batman, which is not crazy. I mean, at this point, if they didn't shoot soon, like 2021 is going to be likely anyway. But but I think if they're really talking about shooting in the beginning of 2020, then, uh, then 2021 is pretty much the only chance we're gonna get get to get to see this movie, but I, I'm not gonna say that I'm losing much hope yet because I really do believe in the film director, uh, the filmmaker rather, uh, uh, Reeves. And as far as casting goes, it, none of that makes real real sense until you know what where the story is gonna go and 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 how it's gonna shape up. So they didn't take their time on that too. It's it's unfortunate that the series of mistakes that led up to this has allowed DC now to have to take this patient route. If they would have got this right the first time, we wouldn't be here. But now that you're here, you can't screw it up anymore. You got to just go through the process of, of, of whatever it takes to get this movie to be exactly in the vision that Reeves wants and exactly the vision that the fans want. And I'm hopeful that uh, Warner Brothers DC and Reeves are all working uh, together to make sure that they ensure that. But, um, this is going to be a big deal. I mean, this is going to be huge because whenever this movie comes out, it's going to be DC's first foray back into, you know, the big two. Um, we know they have a Wonder Woman movie coming out, so the big three they would have already done. But, you know, Superman and Batman are of their biggest characters by far. And whenever they reintroduce those characters, they can't get it wrong. So... These other movies that are gonna come out that I, I think all look great. Um, well, we only know we only seen Joker, but you know, I, with Pat Jenkins doing eighty four, I have no reason to believe that Wonder Woman won't be good. We know Shazam was great, um, and I, I really liked what I saw from Joker. So, with all that being said, there's still gonna be that yeah, but because they haven't gotten the big two right yet. So, 
when Batman happens, it's going to be a big deal. So they they can't afford to to mess it up in any way. So I hope that they they are they do find a way to uh, to figure this out. If they need more time to do it. Then let them let them have it. Okay, we're at the end of the show where we now do our episode recap this week. So today we're doing Gotham's uh, season finale and series finale. Um, it's been an interesting ride. It's I think one of the more, if not the most ambitious show we cover, I feel like. So, needless to say, they were gonna go. They were gonna go big on how they ended the show, and I think they definitely did that with how they set up both of these two episodes. Well, definitely the last one. I'll go to you, Shem, first on on what would you what did you make of? Because um, they almost really they almost to me like the season finale really to me was the episode before the season finale. That last episode is like to me like almost like a standalone special. The way I watched it's it, it's like an epilogue. Yeah, yeah. Like, what do you? What did you make of of? Let, let's first talk about the the episode that was the current time finale before we get in, even into the future stuff. Future stuff is a lot to to kind of digest. But what did you make of how they wrapped the story we were being told this season? Um, uh, with how they wrapped the story. Uh, I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was okay. Um, I mean, overall, I feel like the, the season, I feel like the pacing of the season was, um, uh, I feel like it was kind of odd and, and with just how everything happened and, and, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I, I thought, I thought the pacing of the season was odd. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know. Uh, but I, overall, I thought how um, uh, I thought how uh, everything how everything kind of came together and and how they were able to uh, um, uh, how they were able to uh, uh, how they were able to get get all this uh, get everything resolved in, in the at the end of the uh, the penultimate episode um, and with Bruce leaving um, going to uh, going off to train. And uh, leaving Selena, which was, I, I don't know, that scene didn't. I mean, it was, it was very Bruce. They had kind of been, they had kind of been teasing that he was, he was turning into this Batman-like character mm-hmm. uh, throughout the series. Um, but for some reason, it still didn't feel quite earned mm. that emotional moment. Um, uh, but it, either way. I mean, I still enjoyed it because I just I try to enjoy everything in the show. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I just I I, I thought it, it could have been better. You know, I feel like that that's how I felt about about really about like everything regarding regarding the the. Uh, yeah, it could have been better. Could have been Gotham's slogan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the I series mean, slogan. Yeah. If all I'm concerned, at least. Um, but yeah. in terms of that episode, you felt like they definitely. Left meat on the bone. Uh, yeah, yeah, I I definitely think so. Um, I mean, this all coming down to Al Ghul's again. Uh, it's kind of just like okay, <laughs> you know, just overall, just in terms of summarizing the arc. I mean, it's yeah. like all right, you know, um, it's crazy how as Batman fans, for I don't know how many years, so many people. I mean. Ray Jagul was kind of like I mean, he's more important than this guy, but he kind of was like the Mysterio of the Batman fandom, and that everybody was like, 
we need Rajal Ghoul. Why isn't anyone doing Rajal Ghoul? Like, we want to see him in live action. Like, they need to do this for years. And I think we all kind of now look at Rajal Ghoul after what we saw from Dark Knight Rises and and the and the, and the Batman Begins, which was great. But just anything involved in an arrow. And then, like anything involving League of Sh- League of Assassins, League, League of, of Shadows, Assassins. uh, anything involving <laughs> Al Ghul, we all just roll our eyes. Just and just hearing eyes. your voice talk about Nessa was just like, wow! Like this was seven years ago. This would have been a totally different conversation. Yeah. Yeah, um, Mishmari, we <laughs> we had that conversation. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we, when we were watching it, I was like, when I when. She said she was Nessa Al Ghul. I was like, "You gotta be kidding!" <laughs> like, I I couldn't care less about Nissa Al Ghul being on the screen. Like, I understand. Like, look, it's it's a Gotham, like Gotham with a Batman show. It's a Batman show about the Batman villains more than it's about Batman. Like, so it would be in the shores in in the show's fiber. It would be disrespectful to not include Rachel Al Ghul, not include. Uh, the league as massive figures in the show. With that being said, the Gotham writers have to understand from from their perspective, they want to do God, they want to do Rachel Ghoul well, and they want to do his his, his his story well. But you, you, they have to understand from the viewers' perspective, we've seen literally Raish and Nisal Ghoul and Talia Ghoul and Arrow. We've seen that whole family in, like he said, the Dark Knight trilogy. Like we've seen them in an enormous amount of animated animated iterations. We've seen them in video game iterations. Like we don't want to see those characters anymore. So at this point, like doing them in Gotham is stale. It's it's a waste of time. And for them to be like the ultimate like villain, I mean that was, I mean it's a mistake. And to do it, Kendall, and to to take the part. Of Dark Knight Rises that almost nobody liked. Yeah, I mean, like they really... recreated the part of Dark Knight Rises of the whole trilogy. The only thing that most people did not like about the trilogy was how they introduced an Al Ghul daughter and how that took the teeth out of Bane mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Like the fact that they did that. That's the part of the Dark Knight trilogy that they were inspired by to include in their season finale. That's what's was so bizarre about that, Kendall. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I, the only thing they didn't do was make her Talia. You know, I mean, it's basically other than that. Like, I mean, otherwise it would have been just copyright infringement. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they would have been a copy and paste job from what we saw from Christopher Nolan. I feel like I would have been more forgiving had we not gotten Raish in Gotham already. So if we hadn't gotten an Al Ghul already in Gotham in Rage, and then had him brought back from the dead, yes, he was as like twice. a zombie man. So we got Rage twice at yeah, different points in Gotham. <laughs> so it's like we got Rage twice. We got uh, who was it? Alfred brought back from Lazarus Pit. Oh, I, I mean, we, we got all this, all the stuff with the Al Ghuls, and it's like I'm just done. <laughs> At that point, I was completely done with the Al Ghuls. We had Barbara being the 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 demon's head of the the League of Assassins, or the women's version of the League of Assassins. It was just it, it got not. It, it was just goofy. Where like they mind control, they're mind controlling the military. 
to do to follow the orders from you know from Agul thanks to Strange and like the whole like the whole really, the weird. whole conflict was, was like strange. was like created was was like was ridiculous and then and then basically it wasn't until the very end where these like soldiers realized that they're like fighting innocent civilians like oh wait what the hell are we doing yeah. maybe we shouldn't be firing on people who have done nothing wrong yeah like because our insane weirdly uh you know mind controlled guy is telling us to do this or some guy who's wearing like a oxygen mask is telling us to i'll be he is very scary he could crack our skulls like it is like weird like the whole like you know when they showed that opening scene uh in this first episode of how this was going to shake out with gordon all those guys with machine guns or assault rifles like grid ready take on the military it all seemed pretty crazy, and I was intrigued to see how they got there. How they got there, I didn't think got it done to me. I thought it ended up being really goofy and weird. And and just talk about, like, as far as Nyssa like, being a threat. Like, I just felt like I felt like things never got as bad as they should have gotten. Like, if you're really going to make it about Nyssa trying to destroy the city, I feel like they just, like, you know, Bruce kind of, came up with a quick idea to kind of like not let that happen and then she was kind of screwed and then they fight her one-on-one basically a two-on-one and they take her out and it was like all right that's it like her thing is over like i don't know i it, you know and bane just goes down without a fight they point guns at him he's like all right well i guess it's all i can do like, i don't know it's it, it was weird i i, I I, I, you know, I'll be honest, I wasn't really that engaged. I was on my phone, I'm like, whatever. I, I kind of was, it almost seemed like Gotham was just waiting to get to the next episode, which is not the way it should have ended. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I like, mean, they should they should have treated that episode the way, the, with, with the respect it deserves, because it's the end, that to me is the end of their series. And the way, and the fact that they kind of rushed through a bunch of stuff to kind of put a rope on, or tie a knot on everything, they deserve, they, they deserve to do themselves better. Yeah, I mean that that whole like episode for me like was kind of a it was kind of a snooze fest. Like I was, it got to a point where I, I mean I just wanted to get to the last ten minutes to see how they would tie into what would be the final episode, which we knew would be a, a time jump. So <laughs> for me, like, I, and maybe they hurt themselves by revealing the, the time jump because maybe I would have been more invested. But right. it's not as if there was anything in that last episode that I cared about or that I should have cared about because it wasn't it wasn't really that great. Yeah. Now, yeah. Go the, ahead. The final episode uh, was was also interesting in its, in its own right, um, and I I think it what what, I, what I'll say is that I think that they deserved or they they earned like they they, they the final episode wasn't great. It was kind of it was kind of it was, it had had a lot of holes in it, but like the energy that I put into like, or that I, that I saved by not watching or not really caring about that penultimate episode. Like I, I, like I understand why, because the final episode had things in it that were certainly interesting, but. So Shamari, let's talk about that last episode. So we do Mm -hmm. the 10 year jump. Bruce is, is supposed to be there marking his big return. I got them with this big, you know, Wayne enterprise gala, which is, you know, very Bruce Wayne, very, got them batman story like right um and we see gordon with a mustache that he eventually shaves off because it looks awful um <laughs> we see that barbara has uh has become a, a, a you know a real estate tycoon um 
we've seen uh, and we see, uh, Selena Batgirl. Oh yeah, and we see Barbara Lee, who we we were announced. They they did her name. Uh, they announced her name in the previous episode, which I, I that was like the only thing I kind of like how they tied that together. Um, but we see Barbara uh, Lee, Barbara Lee Gordon, uh, Batgirl in the future. We see Selena, who shout out to them for finding an actress who looks so much like. Uh, oh Con- yeah, Con- word shout like, out. Like because she looked exactly like that. Looked like yeah, they took someone from ten years and made them. Uh, made them play Selene Kyle. It was really brilliant casting on their part. Uh, let's see, Alfred is a lot more older, a little more frail. You know, he, you know, after what happened with him being, and he's got the cane, and yeah. uh, so they definitely, you know, they did their best to kind of piece together, uh, you know, this new Gotham being kind of what we've expected, and they, it kind of centers around a plot from. Jerome Valeska, who we now see, or Jeremiah Valeska, who we now see is completely in Joker guard. Right, by the well, it is, well, it is, um, it is, oh yeah, you're right, it's Jeremiah. I don't know, I always get them confused. Yeah, I literally just got them confused. <laughs> um, and, 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 he, and how his whole. I was wondering which more, like, it, it's actually, I was like, wait, you have third name? <laughs> I think it's actually the Joker. I'm like, yeah, I just said that. Uh, so no, so so Jeremiah, who's apparently been playing this brain dead gimmick, where I mean people are literally like you know stabbing him and, and painting his hair and painting his head, and he's just doing this gimmick, and he, he realizes he does it all just so that he could return, make his return when Bruce makes his return. Um, and it's like, it comes up with a convoluted plot that included breaking out Enigma and making him think that Oswald broke him out so he can set off one of the bombs. Plot was a little hard to follow. Um, did not. I don't think it had to be that complicated. But when you're trying to include three supervillains, uh, Catwoman, now your new Batman, and then all the other characters that they introduce, I mean, that's the kind of story you're gonna get. I watched this episode and I couldn't help but feel like I'm glad that this is not the Batman show we're going to get. <laughs> like, I'm glad, like, like, and to me, to be fair, again, I think they earned this episode for how they set up everything. I'm glad that they got to do what they did, but it was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. Not that, that we're not continuing with that story anymore because again, just how they kind of set up that entire episode. It, I don't know. It was just, it was too much happening. And it's hard to do a, a flat four episode with so many characters and telling so many stories and making it worse. But I think because of the way they did it, it ended up just being confusing. And some of it was confusing on purpose, like, you know, the fact that Oswald didn't know that Nigma was broken out and stuff like that. But other parts, I think, especially during, that, during the, the bomb situation, that was just actually confusing. Why there are a bunch of dead, uh, you know, dead mobsters? I still don't know why that happened. Like, you know, there's just some things that they tried to tie they, I think they wrote themselves in a knot a little bit with a lot of the stuff they tried. But I was happy that they did it. It was cool to see how they would do a Batman show. But it was just... To be honest, it wasn't enough Batman. My thing is, if you, if you get to the point where you're doing a Batman episode at the end of the Gotham, like it shouldn't be like what I saw with Titans, where he's just a silhouette most of the time. We don't see him actually you know, throw hands with anyone. Like I think that they should have gone further and they should have been allowed to do more. I don't know if that was maybe a writing... Uh, you know, block that they had in terms of Warner Brothers not allowing them to do more. But if they're gonna do a Batman show, they should let it go. Let us go all in. They didn't really let us do that, so that was a little unfortunate. 
Man, I'm glad I got to see Batman, man. Man, Kendall was there. We were watching that episode. You saw it back of his I, head for like, I, I for was like audible. 90% of it. I was very, yeah, I know. I was, well, I was, and then the, I was audibly and then upset. Yeah, I was audibly upset up until the very end. <laughs> I was very upset. I'm like, give me Batman. Give me Bruce Wayne at least. Older Bruce Wayne. Give me somebody. Yeah. Making all these excuses. And, and then we they, were like, sitting on the edge of our seat just waiting to, to rail on Gotham. Yeah, I was, I was ready to explode. I was about to be like, wow, all right, so Gotham is doing this now. We wasted weeks of speculation. No, we I, didn't even get to see I wasted yeah, like said, how many years? Bruce Wayne. <laughs> we, the yeah, whole episode, we never saw Bruce Wayne. It's only yeah, exactly. I was like, no older Bruce Wayne, no Batman. They're making they're, And they're talking about him the whole show. Like, oh, Bruce is back. Bruce is back. Did you see Bruce? And it's like, no, no one saw Bruce. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, come on. Um, but yeah, we finally get that shot at the end. And I, I think he, I thought he looked pretty good in the suit. I thought that was a pretty good shot at the very end. Um, but I agree. I want to see him yeah, actually do stuff. Too. You know. Um, but hey, it, it, I, oh, and and like, I, oh, I'm sorry, just really quickly. And I, I liked uh, Catwoman. I thought she did a very good job. The diamond heist scene was really good. To open the her intro. With yeah. her going through the lasers, like that was, yeah. I don't know who they found to do that, but that was really, that looked awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, um, for, like, for me, I, I feel like, one, I, I think they hinted at, you know, yeah, Bruce is going over to, I guess, China, wherever he went to train, and he comes back, and they, like, don't really show him doing anything physical. Like, he's just kind of, like, lurking in the shadows, throwing batterings at people and stealing stuff. And, like, you know, where have you been? Like, what what did you even learn? You know, like, um, so I would have liked to have seen them, like, show more, like, physical stuff. Yeah, I think you're just supposed to see that mountain and realize, okay, he went to Nana Park at, and he trained, and now here he is. Right. And, like, I mean, I feel like, you know... When I looked at, um, obviously, the Penguin looked, I thought, excellently. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought Riddler looked excellent. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, Catwoman, they did a good job with. I feel like, you know, the thing the thing with Catwoman on, like, the her stealing the, the diamond or whatever, you know, I told her tomorrow, it looked like she was just doing random dances and going right through the letters or going right through the uh, letters, <laughs> but uh, whatever. But, <laughs> um, you know, I... I I was a little disappointed that they recasted. You know, I know they had to do what they had to do. Um, you know, it, it, it is disappointing that, you know, they couldn't uh, couldn't finish it out with the exact same cast. But uh, but I, I just think that, that, that Carmen and uh, and David are just, they're so young that yeah. it wouldn't have been credible to think that it was 10 years later that they, like, they, they like just like their bodies are so young like they they both look like teenagers like even beyond like you know their size or whatever like they they said that they use mazuku's face on yeah on the batman suit Mm -hmm. uh but it's like it's covered by mass so it's not not even like that's a really big deal but uh they just said they just put his head on a on a you know older person but um yeah no i mean i i it was good but it just they did too much. They they wanted to do. They just wanted to do too much. Like they wanted to do the Joker stuff, but then they also wanted to do. Like I was looking at my watch. Like I knew like we were getting like Joker. And I'm looking at my phone. Like like there's only ten minutes left in this episode. And, like when we really, yeah, 
seen Joker do anything. Yeah. Like, he's still in a wheelchair. It's like, only 15 minutes. <laughs> so, I'm like, how are we going to get to a Batman-Joker conflict and, like, actually end this show, like, correctly? So, you know, it was, they took way too long to develop things. Like, honestly, like, it didn't really even have to be a story. Like, they didn't have to tell, like, I know they wanted to. They wanted it to be, like, a good, like, but a good, like, you know, send-off and have everything make sense. But, like, it, I don't think, like, EJ said, could have just been a Batman story where, like, you know, Batman's doing something for an episode. And you can, like, throw Easter eggs at what people are doing and cameos. But they told it from the other perspective, which is kind of what the whole series has been told, so it makes sense. Um, you know, I would also say that... uh a lot of the things that we've talked about on this show, speculating, how are they going to get to, you know, you know, it being like, yo, this guy, this has to be a, a Batman multiverse or a Batman alternate universe. Like, I'll give them their credit. They they got to where, <laughs> or they got to a normal Batman universe for the most part. You know, we talked about, you know, Barbara Keene, like she's a <laughs> she's a, a murderer and like a psycho. Like, how are you going to get to a point where like we're ever going to get a Barbara Gordon? But look, we have you know, Batgirl, and you've got, you know, Barbara Keene's now an actual, you know, member of society, not, you know, locked up in a cuckoo house or something. You know, we've got uh, the Joker. We've talked about how are we going to get the Joker. Now, to be fair, like, it seemed like they do re- recognize that that is Jeremiah. Yeah. Is something, right. you know, we talked about, like, Joker not having any identity. How are they going to do this? And, like, I mean, they, they know that it's Jeremiah. I did like how it was kind of like he was like the boogeyman. Yeah, I was like, well, like this guy got out. Like, yeah, it's like, almost like Fisk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, showed you like he's a different level of villain than like uh, Riddler and Penguin. Um, but like Riddler and Penguin are where they are. Like everything kind of came full circle in a way that made sense. Like Selena Kyle, apparently, like you know, they hinted she's like not like she's like a real figure in Gotham now. You know, she's not just like you know crook or like you know, poor and trying to steal from people, like, so, like, it, it, it's, uh, it all came full circle, which I thought was cool. Um, yeah, everyone being where they were at the time that they were all made sense. It just was hard for them, I think, to tell all their stories credibly at the same time while also introducing Batman, um, which they barely did, but, which is why it was hard. And to also have, like, a conflict, like, to even have, like, a story to tell. Which is that their bombs are about to go off, and they gotta track down who's behind this, and they think it's Oswald, which actually grit Joker. Like it's just to do all of that in a time jump episode. It's it's a lot. I think that that's almost an episode that maybe needed to be a two parter for it to be credible. Um, but I, again, I, I do salute the show, the showrunners, the, the actors. They they are talented, and 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 the and then I think the performances in that episode, uh, particularly. Right. Um, uh, from the uh, from the penguin and from uh, from Riddler, uh, you know, I think Ben McKenzie was really good as an older James Gordon. Uh, the, the the cast is great. I think the show was really fun in terms of how they try to do wacky things. Um, I think sometimes storytelling gets a little lost in almost maybe in, almost in their creativity. They want to try to do so many wild things that I think sometimes when they look back on it and say, okay, well, does this make sense? I don't know if it always does. But they deserve uh, a great salute to, for going five seasons, for giving the fans of this show um, 
a Batman episode, something that I don't think anyone thought they were going to get when this first started. Um, and they have a Batman episode on television. I mean, again, we have not, we've never seen, well, well we had Bat, the Batman show from, uh, you know, uh, Adam, West, Adam West, shout out to him, God rest his soul. But, you know, in the last 50, 60 years, we haven't seen what Gotham just did. Like, so the fact that they got to that point and they had such a loyal fan base to follow them up to this point to get to that episode, um, they deserve a big shout out. So, shout out to that whole crew. Shout out to Mackenzie, uh, uh, Mazus, um, Robin Lord Taylor, uh, Carmen B. Uh, B. Condova, all of the people on that show, Corey Michael Smith. They've all done a, a wonderful job. And um, while I've always. I've criticized, you know, the show and how decisions they made and stuff. It's been a fun watch. It's why I kept uh, watching to see just how they were going to try to do this show. It was an interesting project from the beginning. And to see it come to its end is sad. But uh, but um, hopefully there'll be a new project that comes on that we can look forward to uh, in, in the coming years. But I think that's a good place to wrap the show, guys. So I hope you guys appreciate and enjoyed listening to this episode of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast, where we recap uh, superhero movie news, uh, movie and television news every week, usually recording every Sunday or Monday. You can always catch our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and tune in at the New Generation Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at New Generation Pod, on Instagram at New Generation Podcast, and follow us on Facebook, New Generation Media. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, New Generation Media. Make sure you subscribe. Follow me on Twitter at EJ underscore Stewart and on Instagram at Action EJ and follow Shamari on Instagram and uh, and Snapchat MCShan22. Once again, thank you guys so much for listening and we'll be back next week with more Hero Talk. For Shamari, for Kendall, I'm EJ. Peace.